What is going on guys and welcome to episode 9 of the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. I can't believe it's been 9 episodes already and that actually works out pretty damn well because we will have done 10 episodes since we started in 2020 and then we'll be starting obviously moving into 2021. Next week we have a super cool podcast with Kit Shamia who is a registered nutritionist. Um, and there's some really, really good takeaways for you guys. But today, firstly, let me say a merry, merry Christmas to you all. It is Christmas Eve today when this will be going out. So I hope you all have an awesome time with family and friends and go and enjoy yourself. Eat all the turkey because I know I will be and mince pies. I honestly have an absolute addiction to mince pies. I'm not even joking. Warm mince pies and ice cream. Sign me up. It's a yes from me. But in today's episode, obviously, it's just going to be me and I'm just going to be doing a quick fire Q&A for a lot of people, okay? Um, and these are some of the very regularly asked questions that I get through my Instagram from clients and different things like that, okay? So first question is, what is the easiest and the best way to create a new habit, okay? Now, honestly... Over the years, habits have become, I think they've become a bit of a buzzword, but honestly, the idea of a habit is that something becomes unconscious, okay? So brushing your teeth, for example, you, you don't think about it. You just get up in the morning and you brush your teeth. When you finish your dinner, you put the dishes in the dishwasher or you put them on the sink, okay? It's a habit. It's something that becomes unconscious, okay? After you go to the toilet, you wash your hands. You just do it. You don't think about it okay so being being able to create habits is massively 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 important if we want to make our fitness journeys easier and sustainable okay because if we can make exercise and healthy food decisions a habit it can become unconscious and then it becomes easy so the best way to create a new habit in my eyes is to utilize habit stacking okay so habit stacking is very, very simply attaching a new habit to a habit that you already have, okay? So for me, one of my the best habits and one of the habits that I recommend to loads of my clients is a morning walk, okay? So I have attached the habit that I wanted to of going for a walk to waking up, okay? Because you wake up every single day so there's your cue It's wake up. Oh, I wake up now I go for a walk. It's just how it works. Okay. So if you can attach a habit to another habit that you have, it will make life a million times easier. So if you want to create a habit of going to the gym, I would recommend that you do it straight after work or straight before work this way that, you know, the second you finish work, you go to the gym. That's what it is. Something that you're going to do every single day is going to be finished work. What do you do once you finish work? you go to the gym. The way that you can do that is make sure that you have your gym gear, your trainers or whatever in the car so you don't have to drive home to go then go back to the gym. You can stack those habits together. And this is super, super effective. And if you start really having a look at your life and the habits that you already have, you can really start to layer habits on top of each other, okay? For example, something you could do is you could stack habits up in the morning. You wake up, you go for your walk, you come back, you take uh, your supplements or anything like that, and you meal prep for the day, okay? Or maybe you sit down, you, you wake up, okay, you wake up, you go for your walk, you come back, you take your supplements and you make a coffee. Whilst you're drinking your coffee, 
you track and plan out your food for the day. Okay, so you can see how we can start to layer and stack these habits on top of each other. And trust me, if you attach it to something else, it becomes a hell of a lot more um, likely that you will stick to this habit throughout it. Alongside this, something which is massively important when you're starting to create a new habit is just having some form of accountability, someone or something to go, fucking do it. I can do it. Whether that be a friend, you say, right, look, every morning we're going to go for a walk together. You can help keep each other accountable. Whether it literally be you have a calendar and every day you do the habit, you give yourself a tick. You do it, you, you do it, you give yourself a tick. Trust me, it's against human nature. After four or five or six days of putting ticks in, nice green ticks, you are not want to going to put a red cross in there, okay? So habit stack and then also give yourself some accountability tonight. Stick to it, okay? The next question we're going to go over is um, people who are struggling to get their protein intake up. Okay. We all know that protein is massively important for a number of different reasons. Okay. The main being it's one of the most is, is the most satiating out of all our macronutrients. Okay. So getting protein up can help control hunger more and that allows us to stick to our diet better. And if we stick to things, what do we get? We get fucking awesome results. Okay. So the best way that you can go about this is first off, break it down. Okay. To work out your protein, you're going to do roughly your body weight in pounds times by about one. Okay. So let's just make numbers really, really easy. Let's say you're 150 pounds. Okay. So you've got to get 150 grams of protein in within the day. Okay. The best thing you can do is break this up over your meals. Okay. So rather than thinking, Oh my God, I've got to get in 150 grams of protein. That seems super overwhelming. If you break that down into three meals and a snack, that means I've got to get 40 grams in each meal and then my snack has got to be 30 grams of protein. When you break it down like that, it all of a sudden becomes a hell of a lot easier to think about, okay? And then you can just focus on meal by meal by meal. This way it's not so overwhelming and then you can just make little clever decisions in each meal that help you get as close as you can to that, okay? Next, once you've kind of broken that up and you're within your meals, next thing is making sure that you prioritize your meals around your protein and always make sure that you start with breakfast, okay? Because I think way too many people, they don't have any protein for breakfast and then all of a sudden they've got a hell of a lot to catch up on in the day and that's when they end up behind, okay? So start with breakfast, meal one. What protein source can I have with meal one, okay? Choose your protein source and then choose the rest of your meal around that. That might be a whey protein because you don't like eggs or it could be eggs. Right, lunch, what protein source can I have? Chicken, tuna, beef, blah, 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 turkey, okay? There's a million different ones out there, okay? Dinner, what protein source am I going to have? Beef, fish, blah, 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 blah. Again, there's a million different ones out there, but it's about making sure that you prioritize your protein and then you work the rest of your meal around that. Snack, right, what am I going to have? Ah, some Greek yogurt. Ah, a grenade bar. Ah, a protein shake. Ah, this, okay? You can pack it chicken, ready cooked chicken because it's easy and it's convenient. But making sure that you break it down and then prioritize your protein is absolutely essential, okay? Something within your protein you've just got to remember is that if your goals are fat loss, calories are king, okay? So as long as you've nailed your calories and you've stayed within your calorie range, your calorie target, as long as you're getting a reasonable amount of protein, it's really not the end of the world. We do want to make sure that we do get it up there. But as long as your calories are nailed, try not to fuss about your protein massively. Obviously, it is going to help out big time. But 
don't get too caught up on it. Just try your best to keep it up there nice and high, okay? Another thing that can work really, really well is actually giving yourself a protein range. So we know that we kind of look at the quote unquote optimal range of protein is from anywhere from 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound. So let's make it really, really, really easy here. If you're 200 pounds, you're gonna be aiming from somewhere from like 180 to 220 protein. As long as you fall in that range, your happy days, okay? I really do like ranges because they really set you up for success rather than you going, oh my God, I haven't hit 150 grams of protein absolutely on the money, okay? Just give yourself a little bit of range and set yourself up for success, okay? The next question is one that I actually get a hell of a lot and it's an absolute bullshit question to be honest and it's how do you work out your body fat percentage? My question is to you, why do you need to know? Because I really do not think that you need to. At the end of the day, if you look in the mirror and you're happy with what you see, who gives a shit if you're 10% body fat, 15% body fat, 30% body fat? It really does not matter, okay? Also within that, the degree of accuracy when it comes to actually like tracking your body fat levels is all over the place. Even a DEXTA scan, which is one of the highest um, degrees of accuracy when it comes to measuring body fat, it's got like a 5% discrepancy either way, okay? And that's massive, okay? So I really wouldn't recommend worrying about it. The main things that I would do, I would use body weight, I would also use progress photos, and then I would also potentially look at doing circumferences, so measuring around your stomach, around your thigh, around your bicep, and just keeping an eye on those. And if all of those are moving in the right direction that you want to, you're going to be making awesome progress, okay? So knowing what percentage body fat you are, it doesn't fucking matter. 90% of the time, it's just someone wanting to go, oh yeah, I'm 10% body fat, blah, blah, blah. And it's just fucking ego shit, okay? So bin it, it really doesn't matter. Body weight, circumferences, and progress photos, all right? Now, another one which is very, very important, and it's gonna be dealing with body weight fluctuations, okay? now. The first thing that you've got to understand with this is that body weight fluctuations are completely normal. Everybody has fluctuations. There are a million and one different things that can cause our body weight to fluctuate. If you're a female, menstrual cycle, uh, then, then for guys and girls, stress, how much you've eaten, what time you ate last night, if you've been to the toilet or not, uh, if you've worked out on your sore. Um, water retention, how much salt you eat, and all these different things can cause your body weight to massively, massively fluctuate from day to day. And that is completely normal. Me personally, my body weight can fluctuate like two kilos in a day. Some people's body weight is more susceptible to massive fluctuations. Some people's body doesn't really fluctuate massively, okay? But just try not to worry too, too much about the fluctuations, okay? The best way that you can go about dealing with those fluctuations, I personally believe, is utilizing a weekly average body weight, okay? So try and get three to five or six weigh-ins per week, and then just work out an average off of that, okay? That way, you've helped eliminate those fluctuations as much as you possibly can, and then when you're tracking your progress, whether that be in a lean gaining phase or in a fat loss phase, we can compare weekly average to weekly average, and we can get pretty damn good accurate representation about what's actually going on, okay? So use weekly averages, try not to look at too much of the day-to-days, and remember that weight fluctuations are 100% normal, okay? Now, the next two questions are 
pretty big ones that I get often as well. Um, the first one is going to be the best exercise to grow the booty, grow your glutes. Okay. And very, very simple. In my eyes, growing glutes is all about a couple of different things. Okay. Number one, it's about doing the right exercises and actually lifting fairly heavy. Okay. So it's about your best exercises, I would say, are squats, deadlifts, and hip extensions. Those three big, heavy compound movements that you can progress. Okay. Progression is the number one driver of muscle growth. Okay. Going in and doing more than you did the week before. There's three different ways that you can progress your training. You can add more weight, you can add more reps, and you can perform the movement with better control and technique. But every single time you get inside the gym and you're doing any exercise for this fact, not just um, hip extension, squats, and deadlifts for the glutes, you have to be driving progression. Okay. So those three exercises, progression, consistency, growing muscle takes time. Okay. You're not going to grow a massive, absolute shelf of an ass in three weeks. Okay. It's going to take months and months and months of you consistently going in there and progressing your movements. Okay. As well as progression and consistency, training frequency is going to be massively important. Okay. Most people who are going to be asking this question are going to be females and females actually have a little bit of a higher tolerance in terms of frequency and recoverability. So I would recommend girls, if you're really, really wanting to grow your glutes, I would train your glutes two to three times a week. And within that, I would choose those three exercises. I would do at least those three exercises twice a week and I would hit them in a multiple of different rep ranges, anything from sets of three to five to sets of 30. Okay. If you're doing sets of 30, I would probably just do that on hip extensions. I wouldn't be doing sets of 30 on squats and deadlifts, but having a broad range of rep ranges as well is going to massively, massively, massively help you grow a booty. Okay. As well as that, spending as much time at your kind of maintenance calories or in a small surplus as well is going to give your body and let it utilize the calories and the energy to really make that progression. Like we know, building muscle is a taxing process. It takes energy. You have to give your body the fuel to do so. That's not to say that you can't build muscle in a deficit. We're just saying that you're more likely and you're going to grow, grow muscle at a quicker rate in a small surplus. Okay, so hip extension, squats, and deadlifts, progress your training, be consistent, train your glutes three, two or three times a week, uh, be in a small calorie surplus, and then also just alongside that, also make sure that you're getting enough protein in, okay? Uh, similar, ex uh, similar question, um, what are the best ex ab exercises? What are the best exercises for Z-Core? Okay, now there are a lot of different opinions about this topic okay i completely agree with one side of it where if you're squatting deadlifting bench pressing lunging all of these movements pretty damn heavy you are working your core pretty damn hard okay and your core is going to be getting a certain stimulus from that however i like to personally look at your core in two ways we have our internal core this is just my take on it, okay? Um, you have your internal core. These are the muscles that work to stabilize your spine, okay? You then have your external or superficial core, and this is your quote-unquote six-pack, okay? And when people are talking about training their abs, most people want to train their abs to get a six-pack, okay? So 
if you're training nice and heavy, you're going to be hitting that kind of internal core. If you're training to train that superficial core, train your six pack. I think that you should train it like any other muscle. Okay. Train it a couple of times a week, make sure that it is progressive and then also choose exercises that you can overload. All right. Okay. The best exercises that I personally really like for training the quote unquote, like six pack are cable crunches because there's very few exercises in terms of the core that you can progressively overload. Um, and I think cable crunches are absolutely awesome. We've got a hanging leg raise or um, one that you can kind of rest on your elbows with a bit of back support to hit some lower core. We've then got rollouts, which are absolutely awesome. Okay. And then I also really, really like weighted planks and side planks. That is kind of more working on those stabilizers. Um, so just to recap that, if you're training that superficial core, that six pack, cable crunches, leg raises, rollouts, weighted planks and that, and then just train it like any other muscle group. Train it a couple of times a week and then also make sure that it is progressive. All right, moving on to the next one. And it's quite an awesome question, actually. I really, really enjoyed this one. I wasn't necessarily expecting it, okay? And it's how do you get yourself to focus on the little wins each week, okay? Now, this is massive because lots of people set really big goals and I'm all for setting massive goals that actually do scare you a little bit because I think if the goals don't scare you, you're not going to get them, okay? And it's not going to be a real driving factor, okay? But it can get super overwhelming if you're constantly thinking about this big goal, big goal, big goal. It's like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? So the best way you can go about this is break it down. Okay. This is my big goal and it is to lose 20 kilos. Okay. 20 kilos in 20 months. Let's make the maths really easy. Okay. Break this down. What do I need to lose in 10 months? I need to lose 10 kilos in 10 months. What do I need to lose in five months? I need to do five kilos in five months. What do I need to do in a month? I need to lose one kilo in a month. What do I need to do in a week? Okay. I only need to lose 0.25 of a kilo to get me to my big goal and just focus on those little wins each week. Okay. As alongside that, instead of focusing on, if it is weight loss, focus on weight loss, focusing on the big goal, break it down. What are the small little things day to day that are going to get you towards your bigger goal? Okay. So what's going to get you towards your fat loss goals? It's nailing your calories. It's nailing your steps. It's progressing in your workouts. It's getting stronger. It's doing a bit of cardio. Okay. So set performance goals, set little goals like that. Like, right, this month I want to nail 29 out of 31 days on my nutrition. Okay. There's a monthly goal. Okay. There's a little goal. Okay. This week I want to nail seven out of seven days in terms of my nutrition and be within 500 calories, of my weekly calorie target. There's a goal. If you do that, boom, you are getting one step closer towards that big end goal. Okay. This week, I want to do a hundred thousand steps. Okay. So I think setting yourself up for success and having these smaller little goals that are going to think about getting you closer towards your big goal and then just constantly setting those is going to really help you focus on those little wins each week. And those little wins build up like momentum. I've always said results are like compound interest. The more good days that you can put together, then the quicker your results come. Okay, so build momentum, set yourself up for success, see how many good days that you can put 
in a row together, okay? So break it down into bite-side chunks and focus on the little things that are gonna get you towards that big goal, okay? Guys, we've got two questions left um, because you probably had enough of me absolutely rambling on. Um, the next one is, what do you recommend to stop or reducing stress-related and or emotional binge eating, okay? First off, I just wanna say this, I am not a nutritionist, so if you are, really do think you are struggling with binge eating or something like that. This is actually a diagnosed like eating disorder. So please reach out. Kit Sham is absolutely amazing. He's actually gonna be on the next podcast, like I mentioned, and we do cover this a little bit. Um, so make sure that you go and drop him a message if you really do feel like you're struggling with this, okay? My personal opinion is um, quite often people, when they do go into these emotional states or things like that, it's a case of environment, okay? The best thing you can do is remove yourself from the environment, okay? If you're in the house and you just want to go and eat everything in sight, get out the house, okay? Just go for a walk and do something to feel good, okay? One of the best things that I have done with a client in the past is what I got them to do is whenever they have this feeling and you can really like feel the feeling coming on when you're going to go and binge or you're getting stressed out, is have a song that just puts you in a fucking awesome mood. You, when you listen to it, you can't do anything but smile. For me, Jack Johnson, Banana Pancakes, okay? And if you listen to that song and you don't smile or you feel freaking good, like something's going on there, okay? Um, so if you're having that feeling, get out, get out of the environment you're in if you can, put on a good song and just do something positive, okay? And it's also remembering that potentially going and binging or going stress eating to comfort eat that isn't going to make you feel any better i know it can be super hard at the time but try your best step back do something positive think say to yourself you fucking got this shit you don't need that is doing this gonna make me feel better and nine times out of ten in the long short term for half an hour it might in the long term it's probably not but again i'm not a nutritionist okay Please make sure that if you are struggling with anything else, you do reach out to a qualified nutrition. And like I said, Kit Shammy is absolutely awesome. Okay, moving on to the next one, an absolutely brilliant question. And one that I've kind of dabbled with a little bit with my family and things like that. And it's the top tips for getting family, family members included in health and fitness and to lose weight. Okay, number one is you've got to make it fun. All right. People want to be involved in something that's fun. And if you share your positivity, like if your passion is health and fitness and you're seeing these amazing results and you're just, you're so positive and you're changing, your life feels better. Share that positivity with them. Be like, oh my God, look, I never thought like going to the gym could do this for me. Like I was so unconfident before. Now I'm doing hip extensions with 140 kilos. Now I can squat 100 kilos. Now I feel comfortable. I can go into a shop. I can buy any clothes that I want. But you've just got to make sure you don't do that in a negative way. You don't want it, you're not doing that in a way to put them down, going, I've got this, you don't have that. It's being like, look, you can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. And it's just share the positive reactions that you've had from doing doing the hard work and getting involved in this and ticking your boxes, okay? And then it's helping them along the way. Just say, hey, do you want to come to the gym with me? They say, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Like, let's go get some steps in. Like, oh, I'm really, really a bit low on my steps this week. It's stunning outside. Let's go for a wander. And like, get them to come along with you. Help them along. The next thing is just make sure they stay accountable. Like you all know, accountability is everything. Everyone always sets out with great intentions, but then having someone there to go, do it, do it, do it, or you didn't do it, it's okay. 
but let's make sure that we get it done tomorrow, please. Okay, so keep them accountable. Something that I've actually done with my own family and it worked pretty damn well and it was quite interesting actually. We did a family challenge. Okay, so we came up with three things that we could all do every single day that would get us all closer towards kind of weight loss goals, physical goals, health goals. Okay, for us, those three things were tracking your calories and alien calories, drinking enough water, which was one liter per 20 kilos of body weight, give or take. And then, as well as that, we was doing we had our own step target. So someone would do 8,000, someone would do 10, someone would do 12. Um, depending on what you do, it was just making the, making sure that you got out and be active. So it was nailing your steps, it was hitting your calories and drinking enough water, okay? And basically, all we did is you had to get six out of seven days for the week. If you didn't, you had to put a tenner into a jar, okay? And then at the end of the month, with the money that was collated in the jar, we all went out for dinner, okay? And we went somewhere, had a nice meal, celebrated that we'd all absolutely smashed it. If there was no money in the jar, it's a win because we've all got closer towards our goals and we all deserve to go and have a night out and relax. And then we'd start the next month. And then if there was money in the jar, then we had the meal out and we paid for the meal there. Okay. Um, so that's a great way that you can do it as well. But I think the biggest thing is just share your positivity, be supportive, help them out and just go out of your way to really, really help them. Because you, if you've gone through your own journey, you know how positive it can be on the other side. And I can openly say from my um, perspective that health and fitness has been something that has always been for me there, there through thick and thin, um, no matter what. And I want to wouldn't be the man today if it wasn't for the gym and things like that, because God knows where I would be. Um, and I honestly think it can be so good for your mental health, physical health, obviously, um, and so, so much more. Okay. So guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have an absolutely amazing Christmas. Okay. Um, and as always, if you could maybe give the podcast a little share, just screenshot it, post on your Instagram story, tag me at Simon Johnson fitness. I would massively, massively appreciate it. If anyone has any questions about anything, leave it in the comments below, drop me a DM, anything. Obviously, again, I'm more than happy to help you out. And then I will see you all in the next one where we're speaking to Kit, who is a registered nutritionist, which I've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast. Speak to all that. Have a good one.